0: what is going on juveniles welcome back to another episode of the juvie podcast this saturday before we get into this amazing guest please make sure to, if you're listening on any audio platforms download the episode leave us a review five stars if you can and also hit that follow button and also if you're watching on youtube please make sure to like this video hit subscribe and make sure the notification bell is on also leave a comment telling us how much you love this episode now over tonight to intro the guest
1: You guys, I'm excited for this one. I know you're excited for this one. You clicked on it for one reason, one reason only. You guys have seen him on TikTok. You've seen him on Instagram. You definitely haven't seen him in the middle of the ocean, but he's there. Guys, today we're talking with Captain Jack, Mr. Jack Whittaker. Welcome to Juvie. Hey, guys. What's going on? So excited to have you on here today. Before we dive into anything more about you, we, this has been a hard episode to make happen because yeah. you're traveling the world. You're on the other side of the world currently. So why don't you kind of break down what you're doing and where you are right now?
2: So currently, we just, uh, we just left Greece. We got the new satellite, Elon Musk's Starlink, which is what I'm using right now to stream this podcast. And we're going to Turkey to do boat maintenance because, you know, it's a boat. It's got to have work done to it. So we're going to Turkey, getting boat work done. We're just in the Mediterranean having a good time.
0: So sick. Uh, it's just absolutely crazy nowadays that we have the technology to make it happen, that we can record a podcast with someone in the middle of the ocean, It's crazy, uh, which we think is very cool, very sick. Um, and as some of our audio listeners and video watchers will know, we've had your brother on this podcast a couple of times. We're good friends with him and we thought, you know, we got to talk to the older brother. Um, so we wanted to get your experience and your, um, your views on living on a boat as a little bit of an older
2: guy. Yeah, so a lot of people ask me this because I meet people people at Boat Yards and ask, ask, what do you do? do do?" I live on a boat. I've been living on the boat 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 for the past seven years. And it's really, I don't find find it different different. because I lived on land for a very short time in my life. Like for you guys, living on land is normal. For me, living on a boat is normal. It's just, you know, second nature for me. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah, just I mean, normal to me. It's, it's like, normal the to me. Work, like the boat work, the the work that has to be, done, has to be done, putting up sails, it's, it's just basic everyday things in life.
1: Dude, yeah. It's it's just crazy how we can all live such different lives but with normal to one person is completely crazy to the other. Yeah. But Jack, for the people that don't really know your guys' background, you've now been sailing for 9 years, but as the older brother, you lived on land a little bit longer than your younger brother and younger siblings. Do you, you grew up in Texas, I believe. Do you remember any of that before you got on the boat?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. We were homeschooled back then. I was homeschooled up until three years ago, four years ago. I graduated homeschool. I've been homeschooled all my life. And yeah, Texas, we lived in the suburbs, in the city. So, and being homeschooled, I didn't have a lot of friends, so I didn't really get out much. But then when I was 13 my dad decided to sell the house in Texas and move on to the boat. Also, also we had a house in Montana that we went to. It was like a vacation house at the time. So we went from the house in Texas to the ranch in Montana. We kind of went back and forth for a while until my father was tired of the rat race. He was tired of everything we were doing and left.
0: That's crazy. So And you guys make, um, as your family YouTube channel, that's the, the income that supports you guys living on the boat, right?
2: Yeah basically my dad saved up a lot in his oil and gas business and he sold it
0: wow i
1: I, it's interesting so every time that we record well we recorded with finn twice and every time as i'm reading through the comments there's people that feel like they know how to tell your guys' story better than finn so there'll be people like well you know this is actually what the father did and like all these different things and i'm like guys i don't think it's that big of a mystery yeah but i'll get the i'll get the questions answered so what was it that your dad did before he sold either his shares in the company or sold his company entirely
2: yeah, so he was, he was the CEO basically. Him and his partner went half and half on oil and gas business. So basically what they did back in Texas, they built it from the ground up. My dad started with like a couple thousand dollars and a dream. And so he started it with his, uh, just his friend at the time, his business pal, just digging ditches and putting pipe in the ground to transport gas and oil. And he made that, he was really good at it, spent a lot of years of his life slaving away So I'm very fortunate to have the parents that I have that did sacrifice so much. I know a lot of people say that it's daddy's money and it's all this, which it is, but I know that he had to go through heck to get it. And so yeah, he did that, sold his business, was tired of just living on repeat basically. And was like, hey guys, do you wanna go live out in the wilderness full time? Or you wanna go sail the world? And we were like, we wanna go sail. So that's what we did. Wait, Dang. so
1: there there was an option there that I haven't actually heard. Finn never told us that. There was an option to go live in the wilderness?
2: Yeah, yeah. And we had been living in it back and forth, like I said, for, I don't know, like three years, four years. I mean, it's the ocean. It's the sea. it's the. I, I grew up watching Pirates of the Caribbean, and I still watch it to this day. It's my favorite TV sh- movie series ever. And I was like, hell yeah, let's go live on the ocean, see what that's about.
0: And also being named Jack, now being on a boat, you are literally Captain Jack Sparrow, which I think is so sick.
1: Exactly. Wait, hold on, so I have to to ask a clarifying question. When you say living in the wilderness full-time, is that like camping?
2: No, 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 okay, we have a ranch up there in Montana. It's It's just a cabin with a barn just out in the boonies. You wouldn't even know where it is if I pointed it out on a map.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think I would have gone with the sailing as well. Though. Yeah, me too. Josh, let me ask yeah. you this. If your dad were to sell everything he had right now and come to you at the age you're at now, and he's like, hey, we can go live on a sailboat, would you take him up on the offer?
0: Absolutely not. Really? No. Really? No, absolutely not. Okay, Josh at 13. At 13, probably. Yeah. Yeah, now, no. So, Jack. Well, why not? Ask. Yeah, let's do it. I like land. And I feel like I've got plans in the next couple of years that involve me being on land. Um, if I was younger and I didn't have like plans coming up, then I definitely – I probably would. I think that would be a sick experience. I think if
1: someone were to come to me and be like, hey, you could do it for two, three months, a year, I think I would probably take them up on it. Yeah. But So, Jack, let me ask you this. If, if your dad were to do this three years later, you were 16, 17, 18, do you think your answer would have been a little bit different if you were more – you know, more used to living on land, had more of like a community built up, would you have still been so fast to say
2: yes? You know, now that you say that, Josh brought up a really valid point there. If I had lived on land for such a long time and built the relationships and connections and was really involved with what I was doing, I'd probably have the same answer. I'd probably be doing some sport, you know, trying to make my own way, have a boring job doing something not even involved in social media at all. I mean, I don't know, but so I I probably would have the same answer as Josh. I might not say yes. Yeah.
0: It's just, it's hard when you get to that age because you've built up, hopefully you've built up some good friends. Yeah. You've got plans to maybe move out on your own at some point. You like, you're about to start a career. I feel like it'd be so hard to just up and leave. Um, But you just mentioned social media. So I wanted to dive into a little bit of that. How initially did you get started in your personal social media platform?
2: That's a great question. So I, I've always been doing Instagram for since we started sailing, is when I really just started posting my travels. And then just recently, we were in Egypt six months ago, I think, and Finn posted that one video showing off his family members, and I was at the very end. And you know, this sounds kind of selfish and all about myself, but basically everybody went crazy. They thought I was the best looking guy in the world. So I was like, okay. How do I capitalize off this? How could I use this to my advantage? And so I started posting and it's done pretty well so far.
1: That's crazy. So right now you sit over half a million followers and you said you just started a few months ago. So for anyone that doesn't understand, that's pretty rapid growth. Yeah. I remember seeing that TikTok, and at that point, we had already had Finn on the show once. And I was like, and I literally, I remember me and Josh talking about this. We're like, dude, if Jack capitalizes off this, this is definitely a career starting opportunity. We yep. talked about it, and then sure enough, you started. So that, that was, a, that was a, great, you know, a great thing to take advantage of. So when that yeah, yeah. video first went viral and I saw you starting, it made me think. I have brothers, and I know there's friendly competition between me and my brothers. Is there any friendly competition between you and Finn when it comes to social media and the following and the numbers?
2: bro it's so you know the only, the only way for, me to, for me, to me to see who follows me on tiktok is, on TikTok is to go is through, through the famous people who they follow, who they follow. Mm. and me and, and, him, me and go him go back and forth like oh such and such, and such followed me and such and such followed me and there is there is competition, competition there of course but we love we love each other so we only want the best like he's letting me use his setup right now his laptop his camera because he knows that this is something i really wanted to do yeah absolutely he kickstarted kick all of this, all of this. Said, and i, I enjoy, enjoy watching his youtube videos, YouTube videos. i enjoy I everything puts he puts he's out got he's got a talent. a talent something special there something special there he yeah. so he if yeah. you guys sure. have never
1: watched finn's when we first had him on he had just posted his first vlog yeah since then he's been super consistent it is crazy i just have to talk about that for a minute his storytelling yeah is very very well done he does all his own music all his own cinematography everything incredible Shout out finn crazy there and I think it's good to have healthy competition I think that's how you grow if you guys were just like oh nice that video went viral but if you're like no I want to top that yeah. listen. that makes someone create better content so I have to ask you said that you got some famous people following you I'm assuming there's some famous people in the dms I have to know who's the biggest celebrity that slid in the dms jack
2: <laughs> the biggest celebrity okay man the person with the most followers either james charles or Ivani.
1: no way slid in your dm no way.
2: yeah man yeah. yep oh okay okay maybe not Ivani, but she followed me and we talk on and off what but, it's, but it's 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 just it's uh purely out of uh me awing at their their talent and whatever it is they do. they do definitely
0: what did james charles dm you about
2: I so originally he followed me and I texted him, I said, Hey man, thanks for the follow. I love what you put out and he goes, No way man. It's no problem. He he says he watches my videos, man. And I was like, James Charles watches my videos? There's no way. So that really put an image on my head of my scope and my reach of what I actually could do if I stay consistent and on the grind.
1: Yeah. I think sometimes we forget, like when a mi- when a video does a million views, you forget, because unfortunately with social media, we sometimes you just look at the numbers and you forget it's a real person. Yeah. So when you think of a million views, you're like that. That's like that could fill up ten massive stadiums. Yeah. And you realize just the reach that that has.
0: It's like us going to yeah to like, the biggest concert in the world. Yeah. And just sitting on that stage and talking about one of our clips. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's kind of insane. So. It Like, I want to know how it feels for you having over 500,000 followers just while being out in the middle of the ocean when you can't really tell that there's people there. Like, how does that feel for yeah. you?
2: Yeah, so it's, it's a very a humbling thing. thing. For me, I've, I've always, always viewed social media as a tool. Say I'm building a house and I have a tool belt. There are certain tools I need in order to build the house that I want. Yeah just like my future if i'm trying to build my future there are certain tools i need that can make building my future that much easier and i see social media as being just that and i give props to everybody who watches me it is the most humbling thing when i walk out and i meet people who say you're that that guy on that youtube and that TikTok," and i'm like yeah that's me and i love getting to know them it's i know i think it's a beautiful thing
1: well, it's crazy for you like that. I mean, that situation you just
2: explained, like imagine you're
1: sailing around the world. You pull up, you're in a new country, you get off the boat and someone just knows you. Yeah. Like that's why that's there. crazy. That's so cool. And I would imagine, you know, like your reach is pretty global considering that you're you're going to all these different countries. So over the past six months, you guys have been to a handful amount of countries. What's been your favorite country that you've visited on the sailboat?
2: So the U.S., of course, it's my homeland. Okay australia and fiji okay those are the three my my top three are those three no particular order okay well i've
1: been to two out of the three of those yeah australia was great yeah. i didn't necessarily go on no a way. sailboat but i went there it was the first time i ever left the country for some reason growing up my goal when it came to traveling was i want to go the farthest away and i learned at some point that australia was like a 17-hour plane flight and i was yeah. like that's the farthest and so i went it was a great experience and then usa second yeah you know you know it's definitely not like, the
0: farthest but
1: <laughs> no but plane wise yeah it was like the farthest from san francisco yeah. i mean i don't think there was actually any farther than 17 hours maybe like dubai or something
0: that's
2: some pretty but, far ones
1: uh yeah i so you're gonna go to like somewhere like super remote yeah it's probably crazy but you
2: forget like I, yeah, yeah go ahead what did you do in australia where'd you go
1: we went to we so we flew into sydney we stayed in Sydney for a few days, and then we went and visited um, in this place called Adelaide, which is this small, yep. like yep. the smaller town. You've been there.
2: I I know where it is. We didn't yes. stop there,
1: though. And I think it was that was a great experience because I think I got to see both sides. Like, okay, Sydney, you know, you're in the city, amazing food, very very nice people. Anyone that ever asked me, I would say that Australia is, like, I mean, I've only left the country once, so it's pretty hard to compare it. But I just feel like, overall, a great place to, like, go and vacation. Very nice people, great food. And then Adelaide kind of gave me, like, the flip side of, like, okay, this is what normal living would be like yeah. here. You know, this is a smaller a smaller town. It was, overall, a
0: great experience. Yeah, I've got friends who live in Adelaide, and it's, really? like, much more quaint like farmer's land yeah exactly
1: but i think that was like that was good for me to realize that like not everyone lives in sydney and it's not just like this perfect yeah this perfect city okay so you mentioned usa as the homeland so before Mm -hmm. you went on the sailboat you lived there until you're 13 what's one thing that you miss about living on land
2: oh the mountains and the trees dude so we go driving here sometimes we rent a car and go driving and just the smell of the trees and the flowers is something i miss so much
0: Yeah, I mean, do you, I never really thought about this, but you must get pretty sick of ocean smell. Because, like, I love the ocean smell, but I only get to go to the ocean a couple times a year. You must be, like, completely sick of the smell of fish.
2: Every day. It's every day you smell the ocean. And, you know, when you're smelling something and doing something every day, it's eventually going to get stale. And it's not that it's, it's not so much stale, but it's just so normal to me that it it makes me value and miss the things back from when I did live in the States.
1: And it's crazy. It's probably good for everyone listening that lives on land to realize that, you know, it's not just like the perfect life, but let me ask you this. How do you keep yourself grateful for the opportunities of getting to travel to a bunch of different countries and like, you know, reminding yourself that not everyone gets to live that life. How do you keep your mindset in a positive setting?
2: A really good way I do that. I go on runs, right? I go running and I, I talk to the locals like most of the locals I talk to Greek people, Saudi Arabian people anybody Tanzanian people African, you know Australian, any kind of people you can think of I talk to them and I have met a lot of people and I have gotten a glimpse into their life and what they do and you know it's like uh, what am I trying to say here I've gotten a glimpse of their life. Man, I completely lost my train of thought.
0: I think I, think I get what you mean. You got like a glimpse of their life and realize that you get to like live all of their experiences. Yeah. But not have to like be, be nailed down.
2: Cause yeah, cause most of those people want to go travel. They want to do stuff and they want to go see the world. A lot of the people, a good place, I could uh, give you an example is Tanzania. It's not a rich country by any means. It's uh, people make very, very low amount of money and the people there are so friendly. Some of the nicest people you'll ever meet and they would kill to be in a position like mine. So it's a very humbling thing to know that I'm out here and I try every day to wake up and to go do something, jump in the water, go for a run. I went on a run this morning at 5.30 because I knew I had a call and we were leaving. And that's basically
1: it. Yeah, I think, I think that would be something that like, and I think we, we, you know, we actually just talked about this on an episode a few weeks ago that will be coming out sometime during the summer about like how we forget the privilege that we have growing up in America. And for you, it's it's a little bit different, but, you know, growing oh, up, absolutely. getting to see all these countries that like people, most people will never actually visit a fraction of the countries that you visited. I would hope one day that I get to do that. But we, it's just like putting it into perspective that like, you know, at some point, we all still have little things. You know, you always wish what you don't have. Yeah. So it's like, I wish, okay, I could go live on a sailboat. And you're saying that, you know, there is certain things that you miss about land. So I think that's good to put in perspective. Because I think on social media, and you know this, you know, people see the highlights. People see the great parts that everyone wants to consume. If you were to just go on there and talk about your problems or the things you missed, you probably would be, you know, painted in a negative light. And no one wants to consume that type of content. Yeah. So I think
0: it's very, very interesting the way that you put that. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, so I've, I've been to a few countries. I've been, I think, to about 17 or 18 different countries. Um, but I've always got, like, the pretty much the most touristy version of that, where it's, like, going to the big city, spending time in there, and, like, doing stuff like that. Do you find that living on a sailboat and going to these different places, you get more of a local, um, like, home-type view of these different countries instead of more of a touristy, like, you just flew there type of thing?
2: Yeah, josh let me tell you in the maldives so you know the maldives of course everybody knows the maldives you know the best islands beautiful islands resorts everything you could imagine we were invited to a regatta and a regatta is basically a bunch of cruiser boats just hopping from island to island and seeing what each island has to offer and then it ends once you basically visit the last island and they throw a party and you go your merry way at this regatta we went to like the localist local spots you could think of, you know, people wearing just whatever they could find. And it's crazy how some of them live, man. It's a peaceful, very primal, a very respected way of life. I love how they live. It's like if you go to like some old mountain towns and you see people living off of cows and goats and chickens, it's like that, except on the islands. And, you know, social media is really, really good at, glamorizing the maldives if you go to the maldives their main island mali it's a trash place there's trash all over the streets it's like uh it's not that great of a place but the resorts and stuff they're there yeah basically
0: yeah that's so cool i feel like that would be my favorite part about traveling all over the world from going from dock to dock then you just get to meet the most local people
1: that, that brings me to a question I don't even have written down, but I think it'd be interesting to hear your perspective on. Do you feel like when you sail into a new country, the locals tend to be welcoming, or do they tend to be reserved at first until they understand your motives?
2: A welcoming, absolutely. Most of at all of the places I've been, except maybe Australia, because Australians, you got to understand, Australians are like redneck, redneck Americans. They're the Australian version of redneck Americans. You know, they talk like this, and they're they're crazy, mate. They're from down under. (laughs) So they're not the most, uh, you know, kind people. But basically everywhere we've went, everybody is super nice to us.
1: So have you had, let me ask you this. So I, every time, what's, Josh, what's it called when you're scared of, like, the deep sea?
0: Oh, I can't remember, like, philosophophobia. Philosophobia. Okay. I actually yeah, got yeah,
2: it
1: right. Yeah. Okay, you remember. I don't have that fear, but you said that you did. Yeah. It's still true. Okay, so whenever I see, like, those TikToks of, like, these crazy creatures under the ocean, I always think I'm like, dude, Finn and Jack are just out there right now. Like, what yeah. if giant squid attacks them or something. So this makes me, this brings up my question. What has been the scariest experience while living on the sailboat?
2: Okay. There's been a few. There's about... So the first, I'll tell you the first two. The first one was, believe it or not, it was on land. You want to hear the scariest experience while we've been on the boat or the scariest experience on the boat? Let's hear both. The Overall, yeah. Both. Oh, yeah. Both. Hasn't involved any animals, anything creepy. Although I will tell you one that did involve an animal. So the first one, the scariest one, absolutely takes the cake. We were on land in Australia, in the outback. Like... In the middle of nowhere, you know, red rocks everywhere, completely flat, super hot, no cars, just one long road. we were trying to get to the center because there's this big rock in the center, Ayers Rock, I think it's called. And we were on a road trip. We were going and we took a stop. Everybody had to pee. We got out of the car, did our business. Everybody got back in. We shut the doors. We thought everybody was in. Dad put the car in forward and clunk, clunk, we realized Kate wasn't in the car, my youngest sister. And then we all look at each other. What the heck just happened? We get out of the car, look under. She's laying there. You know her pants. She squat. She squat in front of the car to do her business, and we just didn't realize she was there. He went forward. Luckily, nothing happened. Nothing happened. She had like a she broken like fingernail, a fingernail, but that, fingernail, that was it. That was it. They pulled her from they out of the, from the car. Was, the hugging car her. Her. was hugging her. My dad was off cursing up a storm, mom was crying, it was a traumatic experience man. man. How old
0: was she at this point?
2: Like 11.
1: Oh Oh, my god, Thank the lord she's okay. How does Finn never mention this to us? That is insane. That's crazy. Wait, okay, so I have to know what was the conversation in the car after this? Was she like mad at your dad or like was everyone just grateful she was okay? No, no. no.
2: (laughs) So the first thing she said, Mom was hugging her while her pants were down. She was naked from the bottom down. She had her shirt on. She was like, Mom, let me get my pants on real quick. We were just all just crying. It was the scariest thing, man. But it was, uh, it was, uh, what do you call it? An eye-opener from there on.
0: Dude, me personally... If I was peeing by the car and my dad run me over, I'd be a I'd be furious.
1: <laughs> so I am assuming after this a head count became a normal tradition just to make sure that everyone's yes. back in. Okay. Wow. You, I mean, you got it on the money. That's that I didn't that, see that one coming. No, I okay, was Okay, I'm gonna be like, honest, I wasn't see I would thought there was gonna be like some a shock or something spider or something. Yeah. Okay, so then what's been the craziest one on the sailboat? I'm assuming no one's gotten run over.
2: Yeah, so in Fakuraba so Fakarava is this island in the middle of French Polynesia, the South Pacific, random islands in the middle of nowhere. And every season, it's called, it's when fish breed and lay eggs and have more fish, caviar, caviar whatever. Fish have babies. And during the season, the sharks come out, lots of sharks. So you got to be on your, you got to be on your game watching for sharks. And there's this one dive that you can do that goes through. They're islands called atolls, and they're a ring, and it has one cut. You do a dive through the cut of this island, and in this dive, the current takes you, so you're just floating. You have a buoy, so the boat's tracking you, and you just float. You just sit there, still, just looking at everything floating by. And we jump in the water. We get down to whatever it is, 40, 50 feet underwater. We're chilling, everything's hold on, good. Hold on, clarifying
1: question here. You're under the water at this point? How are you breathing? Scuba diving well, I thought you were
0: free diving 40 50 feet in a current. (laughs) I was like you guys are crazy. (laughs) All All right, continue the story here
2: Okay, so we're scuba diving at 50 feet under the water We see a few sharks over in the corner. Not a big deal. You see sharks all the time when you're scuba diving We see some more. It's okay. We're like we're like a little startled. There's like 10 or so sharks Let's just keep going. They're not gonna hurt us. We keep going and within five minutes There's walls of hundreds and hundreds of sharks. And we're just sitting there looking around. My sister's holding on to my dad. And we're just chilling, looking at all these sharks. They come like five feet in front of you. And you just got to push them aside.
1: I I don't know if our connection went out there. Did you say a hundred sharks?
2: Yeah, somewhere in the thousands, maybe.
0: Thousands of (laughs) sharks. What are you doing with thousands of sharks? How are you alive?
2: (laughs) You'd have to do it, man. It is such a neat experience because you're just sitting there floating past all these sharks and you're hoping you you know your legs are close you're in like the fetal position holding your legs close so one doesn't take a bite and then you go out you know the current takes you and then you just float up and you're good you know personally i'm just gonna have to
0: take your word for it on it being cool um (laughs) i (laughs) I don't know if i'm gonna find myself in front of thousands of sharks but (laughs)
2: i mean dude do
1: you guys have any videos of this like was this filmed
2: yeah, we do. Oh, my God. We gosh, do. It's okay. on our YouTube channel, Sailing Zatar. Okay. But I'll send you some video if dude, you'd like. We dude, gotta get we'll have to footage drop it. that. That is,
1: that is, yeah, I mean, that would probably be one of the scariest for me. Yeah. But no sharks, no sharks bit anyone, and you guys are safe. So,
0: hey, we're here. Yeah. Wow, dude. Dang. That That's is sick. terrifying. Thousands of, thousands of anything is scary.
1: Yeah, sharks especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I me, mean, personally, I mean, if there's a thousand fish, I don't think I would be as. i still
0: be as spooked. It's like, well, they could, they could gang up on me right now.
1: <laughs> a thousand fish. Okay. I have, I have a question. We asked this also to Finn, but I want to know your, your thoughts yep. on it. What has it been like growing up on a family YouTube channel with kind of your life out in the public eye?
2: So the camera's always been in my face, first of all. I'm used to the camera. You know, some people are shy on camera. They ask, how do you do YouTube? Mom started documenting this as for the family back at home. She just wanted to do a little documentary for the family. She started doing it, and it just completely took off. So she kept doing it, and since we've started a business, sailing Zatara, and I find being in the public eye isn't a problem as if you got nothing to hide, it's not a problem. So it's just you know, I don't know any different again because it's just been with me for the most important years of my life, so it's really normal to me.
1: And I I gotta I gotta assume that like. You're, it, you'll are you be so grateful for this when you're older, you know, when you have kids. It'll be crazy that your kids can go back and watch your life in a sense. That's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you gotta understand, it does take away a little bit. It takes away, not a little bit, it takes away a lot from the classic sailing, traveling aspect of it. We have some friends who do this, who didn't film at all when they sailed, and I was always envious of them because I always had a camera in my face Mama's always filming something, doing something, and it is—it is a bit of a takeaway. But seeing as the position it has put me in, I'm thankful for it. Yeah, that's yeah,
0: pretty cool. That's sick. Um, so, Jack, I've got one last question for you. I saw yeah. one of your one of your TikToks of showing how you go get groceries while on the boat. Saying <laughs> that you you jumped off the boat and then like plastic bagged it twice and then wrapped it around and swam mm-hmm. back with it. How real is that?
2: Matt, okay. I loved making that video. That was one of the funnest videos I've made. It's not real at all. We have a dinghy and, you know, because that's how I think most people think we get groceries is either swim or do something. So I wanted to do something like that. Yeah, no, I thought it
0: was a a great video. And I was like, so many people are going to believe that this is how you just go get milk.
2: Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's basically like you. You have the house, and you have the car. You take the car, you go get it, you come back, you unload it. Our car is a dinghy. It's like a smaller boat on our big boat. We go in, we stop at shore, we go to the stores, get a bunch of bags, just unload it. That's how we do it.
1: Awesome. Well, listen, I have to ask the question that all the females watching want to know. And personally... I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this. Jack, what's the dating game like Uh-oh. when you're living on this sailboat? Are you single? I know Avani's in your DMs, but for all the females listening, what's what's this looking like, Jack?
2: You know, like I said in the one video, my life, my love, and my lady is the sea. If that's the only woman I need, that's where it's at. Oh, oh, wow. Good answer. He's going to keep it all mysterious he on is. us.
1: Keep the ladies chasing him. Wow, okay, Well. Okay. Let me, ask, let me ask a follow-up question then because I can't live with yeah, people yeah, with yeah. just that, it's my job. I gotta get the good <laughs> stuff out of you, Jack, here. Have yeah. you dated anyone or had any type of relationships while living on the boat?
2: So let me tell you, I, I had a woman in New Zealand. I thought she was a wonderful woman. I wanted to start long-term things with this woman, but I'm traveling, so I, I just can't because she wasn't in a position to travel with me and I wasn't in a position to stay with her. And I didn't want to stay in New Zealand because I was traveling. So that's, I think one of the biggest negatives to traveling the world is constantly meeting and leaving people all the time. So basically I just keep it at friends and that's, that's worked out pretty well for me.
1: I like it. I like it. All right. Well, one last question. All people want to know it. This was our last question that we asked Finn. Jack, is there any plans of leaving the sailboat in the next few years?
2: Yes, actually, there are. I say that, I say that, we get back to the U.S. in around November, and we're gonna take a bit of a break from sailing, because we've been doing it nonstop for the as long as I can remember. So, maybe we keep going, and we get we get tired of being in the mountains, and we go sailing again. As far as I know, that, that's as much as I can tell you, because I personally don't know.
0: Well, guys, that's that's some crazy news we've just found out. It's breaking here first on Juve, but Jack,
2: listen, if you're in the USA, you
1: know you got to stop by, say what's up to the boys. We'll show 100%. you a little California experience, right. and we'll make it happen, all right?
2: Absolutely. Awesome, I you just- guys.
1: Well, Jack, thanks so much for hopping on. Yeah. It's been a blast. All Thank you guys for having me. I of appreciate course. This. this. is it, it, it still blows my mind that we can make this happen from know, opposite right? sides of the world.
0: It's such a cool time we're living in. But Josh, for all the people listening, how can they check out what Jack's doing? How can they check out what we're doing? So if you want to check out Jack, we're going to have his Instagram, his TikTok, his YouTube, everything linked in the bio. Uh, Any other links that he wants us to put in there, they'll be in there as well. Um, And also, if you want to check out Juvie, if you want to follow us, if you want to keep up with us, follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok. Hit that subscribe on YouTube and make sure that you are downloading every single episode on all of those audio platforms. Guys, that's a wrap. That's a
1: wrap.